Blog Talk Radio. Saturdays, 
from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at www.blogtalkradio.com slash global hyphen gospel. We would like for you to reach out to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. We uh, Please send us a friend request. We'll be happy to respond to you. We are also syndicated on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple iTunes. So you can look for Global Gospel on any of those platforms. We thank you for uh, sharing with us. Uh, also, if you'd like to contact us uh, by postal service, you can reach us at P.O. Box 5331 in Hempstead, New York, where the zip code is 11550. If you would like to email Global Gospel, you can email Global Gospel at Global Gospel. 17 at gmail.com. That's globalgospel17 at gmail.com. We thank you for all our listeners and participants uh, throughout the United States uh, and around the world. We pray that uh, you are blessed uh, through something that is said or something that you hear on this day and every day. And you know, all our shows are archived, so you can go back and listen at any time. And we want you to know that we do not own the rights to any of the music that you hear today or any day. But uh, you uh, pray, we pray that it is a blessing to all of you. And we uh, always try to encourage, to inspire, and to uplift our listeners. Our theme scripture here at Global Gospel comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3. And it simply says, but if our gospel be hid, it is him to them that are lost. And we want you to know that the gospel is good news. It is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew and also to the Greek. It's for the rich, the, the black, the white, to those that are in need. The gospel is here today for you to heal you, to deliver you, to save you, to set you free, to empower you. The gospel is comprehensive. It speaks to your body, your soul, your spirit. The gospel is there for your finances. It's there for your mental health. It's for your well-being. It's for your prosperity. The gospel is here for you. And we have an inclusive approach to the gospel in the fact that it gospel is holistic. And certainly we are here today to share the gifts that uh, God has placed inside of each individual because God gave everyone a gift. And certainly our gifts are here uh, to help one another. And certainly even the Bible says let the, uh, that we are to uplift our brother as iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his brother. So we are here to uplift and, and inspire and encourage all of our brothers and sisters. So once again, we thank you for uh, tuning in today. And we do have a special guest. That is lined up on today on the lineup and certainly you will be hearing from them in just a few minutes. And if you uh, read our title or headline, you know uh, what is coming our way. And so this uh, next selection uh, from Donald Lawrence, um, we are going to share with you or maybe perhaps not. So let's let's switch this up. A little bit and you know all you all that have been listening in know that I have a song and it's uh, kind of just stuck with me and it is uh, from Kiara Sheard and she came out with this just a little while ago and I've played it before and sometimes I put it on repeat and I just keep playing it because it is it is encouraging uh, the words are encouraging and uh, it's uplifting and it's inspiring. And certainly sometimes when we hear someone else's story, it inspires us as well. And so uh, 
And for some reason, uh, I just can't come across that song right now. But anyway, nonetheless, we will uh, come back to that later. Donald Lawrence, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Stay tuned and be blessed. And you will hear from our special guest in just a few minutes. Come on, y'all, make some noise. Make some noise, make some noise, make some noise. Come on, make some noise out there. Reverend Lamar Townsend, and you are listening to Global Gospel. Our number in studio, 619-924-0800, and our special guest is here in studio with us. God bless you, and good afternoon, special guest. Good afternoon, uh, Reverend Townsend, and uh, all the, the guests from around the country and from around the world. Thank you for having me. Well, we thank you for sharing with us in uh on this Saturday uh, afternoon, but I believe it's probably, well, here on the East Coast, it's one uh, thirteen, and I'm sure it's uh, probably about 12, 13 where you are. Uh, but, yes, uh, we we're thank an hour you. behind. Okay. We thank you for sharing from your time zone to our time zone. And so uh, for those of you that uh, don't uh, recognize that voice right away, how about you tell our listeners who you are? Absolutely. My name is Richard Miller. My friends call me Rich Miller. I am the author of a very important book called Dealing, D-E-A-L-I-N-G. And the reason why I wrote that book, Dealing, is because I'm a former African-American car dealer. And it's a very important book because it talks about the automobile industry as it relates to African-Americans and people of color. African-Americans spend $50 billion with a B on new cars and trucks every year. Okay, $50 billion. That's a whole lot of money. That For is. most people, the biggest lifetime purchase is a house. However, for African-Americans, because of redlining and because of other reasons, who can't afford to buy a house, a car will be the biggest lifetime purchase. African Americans spend more money on cars than we do on houses. So as a result, we have to get this car buying thing right. We can't afford to keep going to white car dealers and get ripped off for thousands of dollars every year. So that's the reason why I wrote the book. A little bit more background. I have an MBA. 
I grew up in New York City, went to uh, CCNY for my undergraduate, got my MBA at Long Island University, worked on Wall Street briefly uh, at Prudential Beach, and after uh, I received my MBA, I um, got a job working for Ford Motor Company. I was a business consultant for Ford Motor Company for over 10 years. I was also a warranty specialist. I trained auditors how to do warranty uh, audits at car dealerships in uh, Indiana and part of Illinois. Uh, after the 10 years, I bought a car dealership, and I was able to keep that dealership for five years. And like most African-American car dealers, I went out of business. So wow. this, yeah, this is the reason why I wrote the book. Okay, so uh, so those that uh, didn't catch all of that, you just tuned in. Uh, Rich Miller is here with us today, and he's a former African American uh, car dealer and dealership owner, and uh, he's by way of New York. Uh, so we're always proud of our very own here in New York. And he wrote this book, Dealing. Now, did you start out or set out to uh, change the scene in uh, car dealerships to become an African-American uh, car dealer? Or did that kind of just came along the way? No, very good question. Back in the early 80s, when um, black folks were buying cars in record numbers, we had good factory jobs. Okay, we had a big uh, African-American middle class that was growing, and we were buying cars. So there were uh, several people that got together and went to the manufacturers to uh, force them to give us some franchises because we're buying a lot of cars. We're spending all this money. We should be able to own car dealerships as well. So it was a joint effort between Mel Farr, who was the uh, superstar running back for the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Detroit uh, Lions, uh, many of you may know, that uh, franchise is owned by the Ford family. So he had a good relationship with the Ford family, and he told them that after his career is over, his football career, he wanted to own a car dealership. So hmm. they decided that they would give him some training put him in a car dealership to teach him the business. He got together with Jesse Jackson. He also got together with Nate Conyers, brother of the uh, congressman who passed recently. And they all put together a program, a minority dealer training program, to go out and seek African Americans who have the resources, number one, because it takes a lot of money to own a car dealership, uh, the average uh, domestic car dealership uh, is about $12 million in a luxury franchise like Lexus and uh, Mercedes. Those go for around $25 million. So wow. first, we had to find African Americans with the resources and also with the experience of running a car dealership. Okay, selling cars alone, that's not enough experience to run a dealership because we're dealing with uh, millions of dollars, okay? So if you don't have the right training, you will lose a whole lot of money very quickly. So the uh, dealer training program that Ford Motor Company developed, General Motors had one as well, Chrysler had one. Ford's program was the biggest. At one time, we had over 230 African-Americans owning Ford franchises. Right now, we're down to 64, okay? And part of my book, we talk about why we lost so many car dealerships, okay? Mm -hmm. Why we went from the peak in 2005, we had 751 African-Americans owning car dealerships. Today, in 2020, we have less than 200. Okay, and that number is going to decline because of COVID nineteen. This I'm recession, sure. it's going to wipe out some of them. So I'm sorry to be long winded, but I uh, hope I answered your question. Uh, yes, sir. So, and uh, we just want the people to get. Uh, we are going to tell our listeners how they can 
get this book because uh, certainly it is informative and it opened my eyes to a lot of things that I uh, never really thought about. Um, even, and we're going to talk about purchasing a new car, but you know, a lot of us, uh, even before we get to a new car, some of us drive uh, some hoopties around and, <laughs> and we thank God for hoopties because uh, they get us where we need to go at the time Absolutely. to work, to school. <laughs> And you can save some money in the process. <laughs> Correct. Uh, but this is, this gives us an um, insight onto the uh, back, background uh, industry about um, automobiles and how we fit in as, as uh, African-Americans, as consumers, and also as the dealers. So we do encourage you to um, uh, purchase this book. We're going to drop some nuggets here today. And so... Um, the next, the next thing I want to say is, okay, so there, these resources um, were out there for African Americans, and uh, have you? And we always say in uh, in our common everyday language that the struggle is real, and certainly um, I know that you've seen a different uh, side of that struggle. So was it uh, apparent to you from the beginning of entering uh, this particular? Uh, field of employment that there was a definite issue in color? Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt. Uh, Part of my job as a financial uh, advisor to car dealerships, uh, I had 35 car dealerships in uh, northern Indiana and uh, Illinois. And of the uh, 35 car dealerships, that I was responsible for uh, working with, only one of them was uh, black-owned. And here I am going into these dealerships, analyzing their financial statements, giving them recommendations to improve business and to grow their business, making millions of dollars. And I could not do that for black folks because we have very few car dealers. So that's one of the reasons why I went to Ford Motor Company and said, hey, I understand the car business. I got a little bit of cheddar, (laughs) okay? I want to own a car dealership. And as a result, uh, I applied to the uh, dealer training program. Every year, Ford Motor Company selected 20 candidates from around the country, and I was fortunate enough to get one of those uh, uh, slots. And I uh, spent two years training to become a car dealer. But, yes, there are not enough car dealerships. We're spending all of this money. We spend $50 billion every year. Only 700 and I believe it's 760 car dealerships around the country are owned by minorities. Out of 19,000. 760 out of 19,000, and of that 760, less than 200 are black or African-American. So I say that to say this. Whenever a person of color or an African-American purchase a car, there's a 99% chance that they're buying it from a white car dealer, building his generational wealth Mm. because Dealerships, they stay around for a long time, okay, because they make millions of dollars, and most a lot of that money comes from us. And when they die, they pass those franchises on to their kids or the spouse of their kids. They keep it in the family, okay? It's a generational thing. They're able to do that, but we can't. We're giving away. $50 $50 billion every year to people who don't look like us. That has got to change. And how can we, how can we change, how can we change that? Because in um, your, your book, you gave some suggestions there and you uh, gave a message to the community. And um, we, we know that um, our dollar <laughs> where in other communities uh, circulates quite a few times, our dollar <laughs> doesn't circulate as much. It just, pretty much comes in it to go goes, out. Please, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that point up. Okay. There was a time, and I wrote about this in the book, 
back in the 1920s in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Black Wall Street, when those dollars did circulate, okay, that dollar stayed in the community for sometimes up to a month, okay? Mm -hmm. As a result, we were able to build the uh, black middle class, okay? We were able to grow our businesses because we spent money with each other. We circulated our dollars, Okay, and as you know, the uh, the end of that story, uh, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, in Durham, uh, North Carolina, there was also a Black Wall Street there, too. Okay, Correct. where they were, the black folks were flourishing, starting businesses and supporting each other's business. But back to Tulsa, we know what happened. Folks got jealous and they burned it down. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I wrote about that in the book. Okay, we have to keep those black dollars in the community. We have to circulate those black dollars. And and when we talk about the biggest purchase a black person will make in their life, and we're talking about $50 billion, we have to get some of that money back coming back in the community. How do we do that? We got to get in touch with our congressmen and our senators. Okay? They have to be aware of this problem. We got to get, I call this auto injustice, okay, and I talk about that in the book. This mm-hmm. is auto injustice, and there's a department in our government that's responsible for justice, making sure that all folks in America get justice. That department is appropriately called the Justice Department. We have to let them know about this injustice, and how do we do it? There's several ways. We do it through contacting our congressmen and our senators, contacting the media. We can do it by talking to our pastors, talking to uh, to, to, to folks who have influence. But this has got to change. Certainly, that is very true. And um, you and I just want to touch on this. Uh, you said how we uh, need to talk to each other and. Um, I'm going to bring up another point because I don't want anybody to think that we're uh, <laughs> we're we're, we're uh, creating or inciting uh, racial tension because uh, people uh, twist things in order for it to uh, say what they wanted to say. But certainly, we we are trying to empower our community, and certainly um, this book is uh, very good and it gives some uh, background because uh, we should be smart consumers. And you mentioned about uh, talking to our pastors, and uh, there is a message in here for our houses of worship and our pastors and the um, faith-based uh, community and um, some observations that have been made uh, about that. And so one of the observations uh, that you made is that, you know, when you go to a church or a house of worship or a mega church, there are a lot of cars in the parking lot. Uh, Absolutely. I took a picture of a mega church here in St. Louis, Missouri. Thousands of cars in those parking lots. Thousands. And when you go to some of those big churches in Texas, oh, my goodness, every Sunday, the parking lot is filled with cars. Why is it that pastors don't own car dealerships? If you go to a pastor and you tithe, and you give him your money every Sunday, you should be able to buy a car from him or from his brother or from his sister or his cousin or from one of the deacons in the congregation. Why are we going out and, 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 and not owning any car dealerships when we have the resources? Now, part of this problem is our problem, uh, Reverend Townsend. We as black folks, we do not own businesses. We do not own enough businesses. We have Mm -hmm. to get together, pool our resources, and we have to start businesses so that we can circulate those black dollars in the community. Okay? I'll give you a perfect example. I love LeBron James. Okay? Love him. LeBron has an excellent program where any kid that lives in Akron, Ohio. Yes. If he graduates from high school, LeBron will pay for his college degree, four years, okay? The mm-hmm. average tuition in the college is going to be about $25,000, okay? 
So any kid, black or white, they graduate from high school in Akron, Ohio, they're getting $100,000 in education from LeBron James. Now, when that kid graduates from college, what's the first thing he or she is going to buy? <laughs> Let me guess. A car, right, to get to his or her job. Why right. is it that LeBron don't own any car dealerships? He's giving a hundred thousand dollars to these kids every year, and they taking that hundred thousand and they going uh, in free education. Now they got a job, and now they going to a white car dealer instead of going to LeBron's car dealership, or LeBron's brother, or his sister, or his friends. Now I love LeBron, okay, and I'm not just picking on him, but there are right. other African Americans that have money. Okay, at professional athletes, pastors, okay, um, lawyers, attorneys, doctors, they have money that they can pull that their, those dollars and buy car dealerships. But unfortunately, we're not doing that. So, you know, we got to be honest here. Part of this is our fault. That's <laughs> okay? true. And we have to get together, pull our resources. And we have to start businesses. We don't have enough businesses. That's why our dollars go outside the community. That's so true. Um, I do want to give our listeners, um, when we, we're going to take a brief break, and um, we're going to come back, and you're gonna, uh, we're going to let you tell us how we can get this book and uh, also some tips on uh, buying buy a car. car. Yes. Absolutely. Very and, important. Uh, but, but we're not going to give away all the tips. Because they need the it's people need to book. buy the book. <laughs> a lot of good information. And if you only buy the book for the last chapter, okay, it will be worth the money you spent on it. Chapter twenty one, giving back by teaching consumers how to purchase a car. Yes. Very, very so, important. So our number in studio is six one nine nine two four. Zero eight zero zero. So we want you to take that number down and get ready to call in. We're going to take a break. Stay tuned. You're listening to Global Gospel. Special guest today, Rich Miller. So, I need to buy a car. Okay, first, you need to buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how do you buy my book? The book is sold on Amazon, so you can go to Amazon.com, okay, and purchase my book. The book is also sold at Barnes & Noble. So you can go to barnesandnoble.com and purchase the book. Okay, if you uh, go into Barnes & Noble store and they don't have the book, kindly ask them if they can order some uh, so that uh, your friends and relatives can come in and uh, purchase the book. Okay. Now. Uh, when you go online, be sure to put my full name, okay, Dealing, D-E-A-L-I-N-G, 
by Richard Miller. R-I-C-H-A-R-D Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R. Okay. You got that, listeners? Uh, look for Richard Miller on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. The name, the title of the book is Dealing, and certainly we need to understand dealing. Uh, so uh, once again, our number is six one nine nine two four zero eight zero zero, and I'm going to acknowledge uh, our callers if you so desire. And I'm waiting for one particular person to call me, and uh, they should know who they are. But I'm not going to tell them to call me, but they should know who they are. Uh, but uh, we want you to call in with your uh, questions. Um, I want I want to uh, in the in the light of uh, talking about faith, um, you had uh, some situations uh, that happened to you, um, and you were a dealer for about uh, would you say five years? Yes. And so you had some setbacks. What would you tell our listeners? Uh, how would you tell them to deal with setbacks? In business. Very good question. First of all, I start the day off by having a conversation with God, my quiet time. When Every morning when I get up, I read the Bible, and I always make it a point to read a psalm, and I also read uh, Proverbs, okay? Psalms, the book of Psalms will teach you how to pray to God, and the book of Proverbs teach you how to live on earth. So that's how I start my day, and I ask God to uh, to bless me with three things, to, to bless me with wisdom so that I will continue to put him first and lean on him, bless me with uh, insight so that I will make good decisions, decisions on how to run my business, decisions on how I treat people, decisions on the food I eat, decisions on everything. Got to have insight. And the third thing is that I ask God every day to bless me with a good heart so that I will help others. So I try during the course of the day and during my business to find a way to help folks. So that, that is, um, some of the well setbacks, <laughs> you know, you're I, not I, I, before, go before you Before you go there, um, I okay. do want to acknowledge, I don't want to run out of time. So I want to okay. acknowledge our callers, and I'm going to call you by your last uh, digits not to give out your phone number so if you want to say something you can if not you don't have to so we have uh one caller here five five hello five five going once going twice okay so our next person uh six zero would you like to say something six zero Last digits, okay. The next person, uh, one five, your last two digits. Hi, this is Margie. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, this is Margie. This is Connie's sister and Anthony's sister-in-law. And I just want to make a comment about what has been said. Um, to add on to what um, I'll um, how, how speaker is saying that black people need to be programmed in order to patronize their own people. They have to be sort of like the brain has to be have to have the right mindset because they are so used to using other people in order to sort of like obtain what they need in life. And we we don't trust each other enough. There's a trust issue here, so we need to be reprogrammed or either program to learn how to patronize each other so we can excel in this world. And that's, that's what I want to say. Thank you. Thank well, you for your comment. Thank, thank you. All right. Our next person uh, ends in 3-3. Uh, three, three. Last two digits, 3-3. Three, three. Would you like to say something? Okay. All right. All right. So um, we do want you to know that uh, if you if you can feel free to call in 619-924-0800. We have about 20 minutes. If you have uh, something you'd like to share with us, you can also leave a comment on uh, Block Talk Radio in uh, the comments section. Okay. Back to Rich Miller, as you were saying. 
I would like to, uh, before I go any further on how to buy a car, I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, two of my best friends in New York City, uh, Tony and Connie Hernandez. I hope they're listening. But uh, without them, uh, I would not be on this podcast. So shout-out to Tony and Connie. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, How do you buy a car? How do you buy a car? Very important question because, like I said earlier, the most or the biggest lifetime purchase for you may be that of a car. Many folks, for whatever reason, uh, there's several reasons, uh, redlining uh, and just a bunch of reasons, cannot afford to buy a car, a house. And as a result, a car will be the biggest purchase of their lifetime. So you got to get it right. First thing, which, what type of car are you looking for? Is the manufacturer supporting African Americans? That's very important. If the manufacturer is not giving us any franchises, then you don't need to be buying that car. Okay? So... How do you find out whether or not the uh, manufacturers for GM, Chrysler, Toyota, BMW have black car dealers? You go to NAMAD.org, N-A-M-A-D dot O-R-G. That's the National Association of Minority Car Dealers. You can go to that website. You can put your state in. And you just click on it, and you'll see the number of minority car dealers in your state. It'll give you their telephone number, and it'll give you the address. So you can call them and make arrangements to buy a car from them. That's number one, is the manufacturing buying, uh, fran- uh, giving blacks franchises. Mm-hmm. Number two, you should be supporting an African-American or a minority car dealer, so you can do that through NAMAD. Number three, are you buying a new car or are you buying used? I never buy new cars, and I've been in the car business for years, okay, because I know better. You waste a ton of money when you buy a car, as soon as a new car. When you, as soon as you drive off the lot, you just pissed away ten grand right there. Okay, that first day, okay? Wow. So, there are only three reasons why someone should buy a new car. If your job is giving you a car allowance, then fine. If your job is giving you five, $600 a month for a car, why buy a used one? Go buy a new, okay? If, you, if the manufacturers give a big rebate, like eight thousand or ten thousand dollars, because sometimes when the assembly lines get backed up, they got to move that iron. Okay, and when the new year comes in September, and they want to introduce the new models, they got to get rid of those old ones. So they'll help the car dealers by offering big rebates, eight thousand, ten thousand dollar rebates, or zero financing. So if hmm. you get a big rebate and zero financing, then by all means, you can go ahead and buy a new car. Wow. If your business give you a car allowance, okay, and you can write it off as a business expense, then go ahead and get a new car. If you're leasing, okay, you don't want to lease a used car, okay, because your, your lease payments – uh, the residuals and the rate factors are much higher on on used cars, okay? So you will always get a much better lease on a new car, 24-month lease on a new car, okay? Sometimes you can go 36 months, okay? But you don't want to lease a used car because you give up the benefits of leasing. That's it. Those are the only three reasons, okay? Okay. All right. Other that's, than that, you can buy a used car with twenty, thirty thousand miles on it. It's still got some warranty, factory warranty on it, okay. And you go to the car wash, get some of that new car smell, scent, spray it all over, okay. And you won't, no one will know that that's not a brand new car. 
and you and you've just saved thousands of dollars. Okay? So wow. buy used. Wow. So that that's interesting, uh, coming from a Car dealer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm telling the truth. I'm being honest, my brother. <laughs> but you know what? I okay. I, I have a I have a call. Okay. Caller. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. We're listening. Okay, I'm calling to ask about the leasing program. Mm-hmm. When How you lease? You yes, sir. Thank you. Okay. Leasing, like I said, you should only lease a car if you are the type of person that you, you know, you, you can afford it and you like having new cars every couple of years, okay? Because okay. I, I know friends that they just love cars. They love new cars. So if you love cars and changing cars, then by all means, buy a car that's going to always be under warranty. So, okay. Now, the thing that you have to be careful of on a lease, yes, you got to put that big down payment, that $10,000, $12,000 down. Mm-hmm. That's money that you don't get back. So, okay. me personally, I got a problem with giving up ten dollars or $12,000 that I can't get back. Yes, okay. Sir. So, now, another reason why you should lease is if your job is giving you a uh, an allowance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or if your yeah. business will give you an allowance, well, use that allowance to to lease the car. Okay. Okay. Because you're gonna always have a, a new car. It's always gonna be under warranty. And by the way, when you lease, you only want to lease for two years. Okay? okay. If you can't afford the payment, then go ahead and lease for three. But at the end of three years, that warranty is gonna be up, and you don't want to be in a car that you. That you they have no warranty. Okay, yeah. so two year leases are the best, but if you got to mm-hmm. get that payment down, go to three. Okay, thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right, thank you for calling. Uh, once again, our number in studio six one nine nine two four zero eight zero zero. We have about ten minutes left. And I certainly don't want to leave anybody out, but I just want our listeners to know just as a um, sidebar and not only uh, should we uh, be empowered to be uh, uh, to uh, own our own car dealerships. uh, Part of our history is there was a uh, family. This is a side note. The Patterson family (laughs) a long time ago, they were actually in the automobile industry. They, they, They had their own line of cars. And so we have to, uh, as suggested earlier, we have to get back into the business and not just the car business, but into all types of business. Um, we have to learn how to uh, support our own. And, and one of the interesting things uh, that uh, Mr. Rich Miller brought out in the book is the importance of creating and maintaining relationships. And sometimes, uh, those relationships that we make uh actually his whole life turned around because of uh, a relationship uh, absolutely that was made um and it was it was it was an unlikely relationship so uh, <laughs> yes it was <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i'm not going to tell, like tell that story. About it? <laughs> well i would, do they do they need do you need to talk about it or do they need to read about it no, they need to read about it. You they need, need to read. Okay. <laughs> you need to buy the book. Okay. But, so, but so listen. Relationship. It has no relationship. Has no like, color lines. No, absolutely not. No color line. Let me tell you. I have an insurance business right now. Tell us about that. Okay. After I got out of the car business, I started an insurance agency, <laughs> and I made relationships with some of the uh, folks that are decision makers in these health insurance companies. And because of my relationship with them, they give me a ton of advertising dollars, okay? They're not giving other folks, okay? When I own my car dealership, okay, after I went out of business, okay, Having a good relationship with a white car dealer was able to uh, allow me to get some some of my money back. So 
I took the time because relationships is so important that I devoted a complete chapter about relationships in my book. So that's a good reason to buy the book also. All right, so um, once again, ladies and gentlemen, as we uh, bring this uh, episode of Global uh, Gospel to a close, um, we're going to let um, Rich Miller uh, give us his uh, closing comments. But I do want to say we thank you for um, joining Global Gospel. We want all our listeners to know if perhaps you missed the beginning, uh, you can uh, immediately following the show at the top of the hour, uh, you can log on because all our shows are archived. And certainly you can access it on Blog Talk Radio, Google Play, Spotify, Apple iTunes, through social media, through Facebook, our Facebook posts, our Tumblr posts, and our Twitter posts. And we thank you, Rich Miller. And he even gave us three spiritual points today uh, that we should ask for wisdom, insight, and certainly we should ask uh, that God would deal with our heart. And so if you take nothing else away from that uh the spiritual man uh helps you be who you are in business in life and in relationship another big point uh i can't stress that enough relationship is so important that we uh understand how to relate to each other because we all know that um a good salesperson can pretty much sell us anything even that new car that we were told <laughs> we we don't need the new car, but you know, I just as a consumer, I can say that you know, I think we feel um, like that is an accomplishment when we finally have enough money and the uh, creditor allows us to finance a new car. It, it's it's a really a big deal in our minds, but certainly this will change your perspective. Uh, okay, brother Miller, how about you uh, give us your uh, concluding uh, remarks for the day? Well, first of all, I would like to thank you again for having me on your show. Um, This is just a wonderful show. Um, You bring a lot of good information to folks all around the world. And I commend you for doing an outstanding job. And I hope that God will continue to bless you to do what you do, my brother. Uh, And wrapping it up. Like I said before, we're spending a whole lot of money on cars, okay? And we have to be educated consumers, and we have to make the automobile manufacturers give us justice, okay? Because auto injustice is real. When we spend $50 billion every year on new cars and trucks, and we can't circulate some of that 50 billion into our communities to and to help us build generational wealth as black car dealers wealth that we can pass on to our kids if you go to the average car dealership this fifth sixth generation some are 10 generations okay wow. some of these dealers have been making 70 80 million dollars a year for over 100 years we should be able to do that also. We should be able to have generational wealth and pass it on to our kids and their kids. So be a good consumer, be an educated consumer, and let your congressmen and your senators, your pastors, know about auto injustice and spread the word. Dealing, D-E-A-L-I-N-G. It's a great book. A lot of nuggets of knowledge in that book. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I appreciate you uh, purchasing the book, and I appreciate you listening to me. Thanks again for having me. Thank you. Would you like to shout out any family members today? Uh, yes. <laughs> I would like to shout out to my wife, Gwen, my daughter, Sharday, and my son, Jamal. And uh, Tony and Connie Hernandez in New York, Kenny and Rob, if you're listening, God bless all of you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again. Uh, Thank you to uh, Tony and Connie Hernandez. Uh, I didn't hear from you, but thank you. Uh, (laughs) And uh, everyone that joined us today, uh, we pray that you were blessed uh, 
by what was said today and that you are a smarter consumer. And we do want you to get this book and pass that book. E-E-A-L-I-N-G. You can get it from Amazon.com or you can get it from BarnesandNoble.com. Dealing by Richard Miller. Correct. And pastors, reach out to Richard Miller for consulting. Okay, when you're ready to go into that dealership business, he is available for consulting as well. Amen. Okay, at this time, (laughs) uh, we are going to conclude our show. Once again, join us next Saturday from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. Eastern Time, Global Gospel with yours truly, Reverend Lamar Townsend. Would you like to close us in prayer? Would you like me to do that? I'd like you to do that. All right. Gracious God, our Father, we thank you on today for your love and kindness. We thank you for your tender mercy. We thank you for the fellowship and relationship that was shared today with our listeners around the world. We thank you for all that uh, called in today. And we ask, we thank you for this gift in the person of Richard Miller. We thank you for his book, uh, Dealing. We pray that it would go far and reach further than he ever expected, that you would bless him uh, now and always, his family, his friends, his connections, his business endeavors. To all that are listening, whoever is in need today of encouragement, of uplifting, of, of healing today, God, we pray that you grant it to them. This is our prayer on today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Until next week, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Amen.